When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've heard James Harden speak and saying Daryl Moore is a liar. Yeah. Where where's this going? Who's who? What? Where? How yeah. is this going to end? I don't know. I don't like it on both sides. Um, you know the, the the fact that he said what he said in China is very quite curious to me because I don't think a lot of people realize or remember like Daryl Moore's situation in China because of what he said. Um, and like the Sixers games aren't shown in China. Yeah. Like any team when the Rock when he was in, in the he Rockets, was, the Rockets he the Rockets shown. when he said that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or but since moving to the Sixers, like they don't show their games because of him. Right. So by making that comment so strongly about Moray, I think and and to make it in China might have made him somewhat a hero there. I'm not I'm not sure what the reaction is. I did someone did see hear that the people they were kind of taken aback because people don't really speak like that out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, by how he said it, but he said it there, which basically, you know, probably got him some kudos in, in China. But that being said, man, like when you look at how Dame's handling versus James, like Jane, Dame ain't like that. Dame ain't going to mm-hmm. say that. You know I mean? We know they both want the same result obviously with different teams, but I think after this, you know, and this is said respectfully to James, who's an amazing player, but if you're a team, regardless to what happened, regardless to what was promised, do you want him on your team when you know if things don't go his way, that could be his response? Right. Is it right. Is, is is his game worth the risk of him popping off if he's not happy because he's he wasn't happy in Houston. He wasn't happy in Brooklyn. He wasn't happy in Philly. So it makes them think you're going to be happy with me. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. All right, it's another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. And this one, I'm very much looking forward to man max we got mark spears back on the show fresh off his hall of fame weekend so of course we'll get into that and plenty more uh, including a, a a project that uh mark's got coming out soon that we'll get into as well and we gotta get into the mess that's going down in philly uh chris Tass porzingis has already uh, got celtics fans scared he hasn't even put that uniform on max and he's a uh, it's already they're already talking about his uh his first injury as a member of the boston celtics but first things first mark Got to give you your props, man. We always keep it 100 here. That's, that's what we do on the Cedric Maxwell podcast. Man, Mark Spears, recipient of the Kurt Gaudi Print Media Award, present, president, uh, presented rather, uh, during Hall of Fame weekend at Mohegan Sun. Man, just tell me about your weekend. What was that like? What was that experience like? And just, you know, coming back from all that, uh, I know you're back home in Cali. Just take us through it, man. What was it, what was it like? Man, I'm... Honestly, man, still trying to put it all in perspective. It was um, one of the most amazing weekends of my life to know that, you know, I I didn't score any points like Cedric did in the NBA, man, you know, but <laughs> I got in the Hall of Fame without scoring a bucket. They're like, ain't that crazy, Ced? That's is, crazy. That, is, that a, is that a backhanded slap? Or no, what? no, what I'm saying, no, my point is, <laughs> I, I, know, I didn't score a point. No, I, I, I understand. I didn't, I didn't score a point and somehow and still able to get into this hall, which is just still stunning to me. Yeah. Like, it, it came from my writing. It came from journalism. I've been covering the NBA for 24 years now. And, you know, I'm not uh, – probably the prototypical writer. I've been writing a lot about race and culture for years. Um, been blessed to get a lot of players interviews um, behind the scenes and talk about things, whether it's African-Americans or the, the lack of black coaches or general managers or women in the industry or the LGBTQ plus community or Africans in basketball. 
things that were different. So I, I think that allowed me to get a different lane that perhaps they respected. Yeah. But um, you know, I covered the Celtics when they won. I, I covered, you know, the Denver Nuggets for eight years, been covering NBA since '99. I also even before then I covered um Nolan Richardson in Arkansas and Denny Crum in Louisville. So I guess they respected what I did, but you know, to be on that stage, to get that ring, to be there with Tony Parker and Dirk and Pop and Powell and D Wade and Becky Hammond, like it was a pretty surreal experience. Um, and you know, I, I got to say a speech in front of all those guys and whoever was wow. watching, and my mom. I think the thing—that's the best like, part, right? The best part, man, was that my mom, my wife, and my most particularly my mom got to enjoy it and you know my father has ALS um he's been fighting that for a, a, a long time and so my sister flew to New Orleans to be with my father so my mom could attend so it wasn't easy for her to get there wow so to have my mom stand up and basically do her little you know I don't know where <laughs> she learned that from <laughs> her, her flowers and for my dad you know still be here and to hear me say a speech, you know, uh, with everything that he's going through, like, you know, that, that, that certainly meant the world to me and will, and will always mean the world to me. Man, that is, that is incredible. And I'm only saying it in jest because I think you are so well-deserved. Being, being, since you said all that, I'd like to know what, what's the biggest, a couple of the biggest surprises you've had uh, since you've been doing this. You know, you know, sometimes you meet somebody or you say something like, oh, I didn't know that. What were yeah, the biggest? Yeah. And here, and then I got the follow-up, though. You gave me also the biggest disappointment that you had. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Pop said I was fair years ago. And that that meant a lot to me that he said I was fair. So uh, I, 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 I have popped in one of the biggest and, and the most di- disappointing. How about I do that? I'm <laughs> that's so, fitting. I feel like that's that's the yeah, So be. Pop years ago unsolicited told me, he's like, man, I mean, this is maybe six, seven years in. I really like your writing. You know, you're fair. You're wow. fair. And that means a lot, right? That for, for somebody of a stature to say that they like what I do and I'm fair, it meant a lot to me. So like when I during uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, they announced that I, was, I won the Kirk Gowdy for print. And I saw him shortly afterwards in New Orleans. He's like, man, congratulations, man. I'm so happy for you. And I'm like, yeah, Pop, your turn's coming soon, too. I mean, I like, this is, this is crazy. And so about several weeks later, Pop gets announced at the Final Four. And I like, we got this kinship, right? He said I was fair. We both going to the Hall of Fame. So I asked him, I said, so, Coach, man, uh, this is in a press conference situation. Who are some of the most meaningful calls and texts that you receive? And he said, I, I, I don't know you like that. Why would I share that with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, crushed. Crushed, man. Crushed, crushed, crushed. Oh, man. <laughs> I, thought we, I thought we was, you know what I'm saying? I thought we had a moment before, you know. I thought I was in. I thought I was going to get some of his wine. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know you like that, dude. Wow. Like, next oh. question. <laughs> you just uh, a, a, another guy with a press pass asking yeah, me a yeah. question I don't want to. But yeah. but while I was there, like you know, me and Tony, like it's interesting now because these dudes are my era, right? Like I started covering the league in '99, and Tony came in, and I believe in 2000. Mm-hmm. You know, Dwayne came in, like maybe Dirk was just getting started at that time, pal. Mm-hmm was around that time and yeah, D Wade, you know, four years after. And I covered Mello at the beginning. So there was a lot of D Wade connection. But um, you know, Tony was like so happy for me, man. Like I was like surprised that he was that happy for me. You know? <laughs> and there have been some guys that have really expressed happiness for me that really mean meant a lot. Like Damon Lillard and CJ McCollum made a put on a video that ran last Friday on the NBA Today that like that's the one that brought me to tears that nobody saw. 
like back in my oh. hotel room, but I was like, good, that got the tears out of the way before the event tonight. So, you know, <laughs> I know if I get it out early, it ain't coming back later, right? <laughs> but, like I remember being in the locker room last year and Draymond just was like, you're in the Hall of Fame, man. You're in the Hall of Like Draymond going crazy about it, you know? And so like the, the Warriors, they're really classy, man. Like Steve Kerr texts me. Former president Rick Welch texted me. Mike Dunleavy, their new GM, texted me. You know, and I know yeah. Raymond Ritter, their PR guy, has a lot to do with that. So that means a lot. But I'm like trying to think. Like Rick Carlisle texted me, and um, I'm trying to think of like some of the surprising texts that I have that 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 word they just came. Reggie Miller texted me today. Wow, which was like dope. Like Reggie Miller, like Charles Barkley texted me. Like that's. I used to have their their posters on my wall, man. And now these dudes are telling me congratulations. Damn. I think crazy. I think that is I think it's so cool when you think in that way. It's just like playing against those guys. When I played against them, remember the first time I walked into a room and JoJo White was sitting there and Cowens was sitting there and Havlicek was sitting there. I was like, damn, I'm I'm really in the NBA. And I'm sure mm. they when that happened to you, you had to be thinking the same way. This is, wait a minute, hold on. This is D-Wade, this is Dirk, this is this. Yeah. And you just, you, you, it's just a surreal moment yeah. that makes you think how special your life has been, but how you've affected people. And mm -hmm. that's the coolest thing that, you know, I've ever had. Even when you have somebody who says something, for me, they don't say anything bad about you, but yeah. I've had several guys walk up to me uh, Eric the enemy, Eric the enemy. He said um, I was on a press thing with him and for Omega Sci-Fi because we we're members. And uh, I said something. He said, "Yeah, uh, Cornbread. You know, uh, I just want to say um, I hated you when you were playing." I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> or, or did he say Eric the enemy hated you? Eric, I was like, "I said, did he say it uh, what first person?" Eric the yeah. enemy hated you as a player. Yeah, I I hated you, and but. It really shows me, it's just like when you do talk radio or TV, that even when people are critical of you, they have stopped for a moment in oh, their yeah. lives mm -hmm. just to criticize you or yeah. say something good. That means like you were thought of and you right you, you made you made a difference. And I yeah. think but I was gonna tell you this too is um one, I said on another podcast earlier today, they act like how do I deal with criticism? I said, if you if they ain't hating, you ain't popping. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> you're not doing right. enough. Well, two right. things I forgot. A couple things. When I was walking into the Hall of Fame, Spo gave me some love. Um, Jamal Mosley, coach of the Magic, went out of his way to give me a love. Nico Harrison, the president of the Mavs. Um, Bam Adebayo put his arm around me when we were walking in, and you know I covered Melo. Melo's the first star in NBA I covered, and I. I think I owe a lot to him getting my name out there because people were curious about him. And I hadn't seen him since he retired. So we finally bumped into each other. He gave me a hug. And uh, I was like, man, thank you, man. You see, I got in. He's like, man, you, you you did the work, man. You deserved it. And I'm like, you helped me get there, man. He's like, no, nah, you got there yourself. Ray Allen said the same thing. Man. About Ray afterwards. He said, you put in the work, Mark. You put in the work. Right, so. right. You know, I'm going to ask you one other question before I get back to Joe Sway. What did you forget to say in your speech? Because that's always the thing. And let me just preface that because when I had my jersey retired at the Boston Garden, I was thanking people. I said, thank my mom was there. My dad was there. My sister was there. And I was about to say something else. And then the Omega start barking and I acknowledged them. And then I go off stage and it was done. I, my brother was there. I didn't acknowledge him. <laughs> oh, well, were you going off the top like, of your head? Or did like, you have what notes? did you forget that, you know, you might have wanted to say, like, hold on, wait, oh, I forgot yeah. to mention. Did you, did you have notes? No, no, hell yeah, no. See, that's, <laughs> you don't match free code, that. man. They, they put the speech up there for us to read. So, um, you know what the thing is? It's like, like Mike Monroe, you remember him, the writer was in mm -hmm. Denver and San Antonio, you know, uh, Neil Scarborough hired me at the Denver Post. Like in hindsight, I'm like, maybe I should have mentioned their names too. You know what I mean? Like right. but they, they know where I am with them. They know I love them. Right. And I mentioned them on other things. 
maybe that's perhaps it. Um, but I, I don't know that you could mention everybody. It, no, it's, no. Like if we'd be sitting there all day, and but I I mentioned everybody in a group, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sean, Sean Grandy, Sean Grandy, my current broadcast partner, later on told me you didn't mention my name, and I said, he said there was a I reason did. why. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, I didn't even mention my brother's name. But then what I said to cover all that is I said, anybody who has loved me and I have loved them back, you're you are part of what this is about. And oh. therefore I, I thought I covered my ass by saying that. Mike Drop. One that's time this dude told me, I heard you said I was a sellout. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't know how to respond because he thought I was gonna deny it. And I was like, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I do feel that way, dude. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that was definitely like <laughs> the top, like, how did I get here moment. I don't mean that as in like you, like, shocked, but it just must have been so surreal. What are some other moments throughout you know what, your though, career? But you, like, you, you guys are media guys. Like, it's kind of like I went into work mode. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a speech to say, man, I couldn't mess that up. My mama's there. My wife there, they in the front row, my uncle, my dad's watching at home, practice before, let's go. So in a sense, like when I went up there, if you watch the speech, like I, it's like I'm not even tripping. And they're like, Dwayne Wade told me afterwards too, he said, man, you had a lot of jokes. He's like, that's hard <laughs> to make people laugh in a speech. I'm like, oh, okay. One of the things I said, I talked about my, my jumper as a basketball player. I said it was more perk than dirt. I guess people <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know exactly what. See, you put that perfect picture, man. Yeah, that's good. Like, I like Max like that one. He like that. Oh, one. that's good. I love. Yeah, it. I'm sorry, big fella. Yeah, no, but that's perfect. That's that's great. I mean, those are the ones you can sneak into the speech. You're gonna. You get know that what? Life. I think people said that. Uh, you know, Holly Rowe went before me, and she went like 20 minutes. She was supposed to go six. Damn. So I was like, bro, I, I'm gonna tell y'all something. This is funny. I was like sitting there. I'm listening to her speak. I didn't tell Holly this either. I'm like, well, goddamn, but she can go 20 minutes. I'm going more than seven. You know what I mean? Like- Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. 21 plus and present in select states. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step. To 53342 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-W-I-T-H-I-T for Indianapolis, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas, 1-877-77-STOP for Louisiana. You can also visit www mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia I added some stuff to my speech after that I'm like nah dog that ain't fair she gonna go three times as long as me no I'm gonna go a little bit more so I added some stuff because she, she you know and her speech was incredible but like they were saying what, what, like her speech was the, really emotional the blinking no, because yeah, right. I did look. Hey, I did look back. Okay. At, I did look back at the monitor, like just right. look at it. It just said <laughs> seven. Like, you gotta start playing music or something. It just said seven minutes. It just said seven minutes, right? 
Oh wow! But I was like, nah, hell nah. She gonna go along. <laughs> I'm gonna go along too. And hers was like very emotional. You know, she she battled cancer and won, and she you know has a a, a son and gone through a lot of stuff and. You know, and I've gone through a lot of stuff, too, and I talked about that, but mine was more, like, comedic and lighthearted and fun, and mm-hmm. I did shout out my boys who were there, and they dog barked, you know, so that was cool. Gotta do it. But Gotta I just, do it. I give it I, Max, if you haven't seen it, I'll send it to you, because I think you find it entertaining. Never, never, this is the thing I always say about all that, never follow a woman or a child in those kind of things <laughs> you're yeah. just not going you just don't yeah. win there was the woman that i was i was inducted into the north carolina hall of fame and i followed a woman whose husband had died and she's receiving it and everybody was emotional and then Ooh. i came down like they told me never follow a woman or a child yeah. <laughs> everybody bust out laughing so and I that's, all, get and that's all you need yeah. right you need to like yeah. like yeah right. like, Lighten it up a little bit. Lighten it yeah, up. Because Malika, Malika Andrews introduced me. She's from Oakland. You know, I mentee of mine. She gave me a really warm announcement, right, or um, or introduction. And so I, to your point, said I was like, "Bay Area in the house, my girl Malika." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. <laughs> said, you got the like, Chicago, you know, too, about Chicago and Germany. I was like Bay Areas in the house. My boys are like, yeah. <laughs> like, who's you know, it, just who's this crazy hood him, dude they done put on stage? Like you, like you know. Just I want to ask him now. What 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 are we going to expect now next? Because you have this great project that uh is it hulu that that's coming out that yeah mark tell us about the uh tell about tell us about the conversation project that's coming out on hulu man it sounds sounds really interesting so should i tell y'all the whole story because it's actually nba related oh yeah absolutely so yeah i have a really good friend uh by the name of chef david lawrence and max when y'all come out here i gotta take you to his restaurant you got a steakhouse it's in Hillsburg, a little bit of a hike from San Francisco, but it'll be worth it. And But at the time when I met him, he was in San Francisco. He had this amazing, like, white tablecloth soul food restaurant that was outstanding. LeBron mm. went there. Kobe went there. You know, the prices of the place got too high, so he moved to Sonoma and started stuff there, uh, which, which seems crazy that that wouldn't be high, too. But here we are. So anyways... I'm a big wine person. I live in the Bay. I'm an hour away from Napa Valley. I'm up there all the time. I go to visit him. And uh, Maria uh, uh, Maria Taylor texts me, says her and her husband were going to Napa. Can she give me, can I give her some recommendations of where to go, where to eat, blah, blah, blah. And the chef goes, how often do you get these texts, these calls? I said, all the time. He's like, we got to do something with that. And I agreed. And I remembered that I was on a Zoom call with work and Anscape, um, formerly the undefeated, they were like saying that, hey, we're we're gonna be doing some stuff with Hulu. We're gonna take pitches for TV shows. So if y'all have any ideas and y'all could get a trailer or you know something, let us know. And I listened. I listened. And we came up with this concept where Terrence Mann from the Clippers came to Napa and we brought him to Charles Krug Winery and I interviewed him in amongst the vines and I interviewed him in the tasting room and then chef brought him into a private kitchen and curated a meal. They both have Caribbean roots. You know, um, Terrence is from Boston area too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he curated me a meal based on Terrence's, you know, lineage. And then we went and had this big dinner and it was Brian Shaw, his wife, who's a chef, Nikki, uh, W. Kamal Bell, the comedian, uh, activist, and a black woman by the name of Brene Royale. And so we had the food, the wine, and we had dinner and a great conversation. And we did a pilot. And then they came back and said, well, we like the dinner. I was like, well, what about that? We like the dinner. And then I told myself, Mark, shut up. They trying to give you a TV show. <gasps> and so I shut up and they changed the name. Decided to call it the Conversations Project. They added a host by the name of uh, amazing, amazing woman by the name of Elaine Welteroth. She's on Project One Way. She was also the editor of Teen Vogue. She's written books. She just was on Kevin Hart's 
um, you know, podcast. She's amazing. I, I truly enjoyed working with her. And so the way the, the story, the show goes, and Max, like, Joe, like, when Cosby's show came out, like, I loved it. And I was around educated and well-to-do Black folks. My mom brought me around a lot of, like, people of color that were successful for a reason, to see that, to be around it. Mm-hmm. So when I saw the Cosby show and I saw, you know, a, a Black lawyer and a, a, a Black doctor, I, did, I didn't blink an eye, but I just remember people laughing at that. And even as a kid, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember being in love with Mo Better Blues because the way them dudes were, the swag and the way they carried themselves, the mm-hmm. way they dressed and they lived in Yo, these lofts. Mark, they that was me with uh... That was me with New York Undercover. You know, yeah. they had a Latino detective, a, you know, their partners, a, a, a lead for a cop show, which is the first time that ever happened at that time. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how I felt about that, the representation, right? You know, the, yeah. the lead detective and, and a black a, a black yeah. man and a, and, a, and a Latino man, you know, lead detectives for a show is pretty cool. Yeah. Man. And then I, you know, Love Jones and Boomerang, like those cool. movies really meant something to me, right? Yeah. And, and I, like, you know, there's just been a lot of um, TV shows out that's like drug related with black people, gang related mm-hmm. with black people, throwing drinks at people, girl, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. Bam. You know, I'm like, we bigger than that. Like, and so I wanted to create something where we see are seen in the light that we are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we we go to dinner. Seb, me and you've been to dinner. Joe, I've been to dinner with you. We had some deep conversations. Right. So I wanted right. to bring the world into what it's like in true reality with black folks, right? Mm that there are a contingent of Black people, a large contingent of Black people, most Black folks, educated, successful, doing big things. And so we're, we're basically these dinners are iron sharpens iron's dinner. Mm. With me, Elaine, and the chef, and we invite five new people each of the six episodes of varying genres of, of success in the entertainment world, the sports world, the music world, or even like the guy, in, uh, there was a black astronaut who calls himself an Afronaut. Comedians, <laughs> like, so each table was curated, you know, transgender, um, where like for people that have never met anybody transgender, then you're gonna go to dinner with somebody transgender this night. Mm-hmm. And what- So he, is it open conversation it's just, or is there an open agenda? Open conversation, before? but like what Chef does is we bring out three different courses. And said, you're going to want to jump in the TV and eat some of this food, man, when you see it. Sure you're going to hit me like, damn, when we go into this man restaurant, like he got black eyed pea cake. Black eyed pea what? And it tastes black eyed pea cake. Wow. Yeah, as an appetite. Okay. Like, almost like a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, cornbread, but made out of pea. Black eyed peas. Black eyed peas. Mm. And, just just amazing food. So, but with each course is a different topic. We could be talking about reparations. We could be talking about um, the N word. We could be talking about um, um, generational wealth. Like these are deep conversations that we we have. And then also we're highlighting black vineyards. So every show we're drinking a black owned wine. Man, you know what? That is so cool. cool. Man. Yeah, man. You just say that. To bring all that together, man, congratulations, because I can't wait to watch it. as you said, we just don't see enough of that. One of my favorite movies of all time happened to be Love Jones. Yeah. And Neil Long obviously was, you know, the uh, the, the woman who was with Ime, and I got a chance to see Yo, Mark, you should have seen the way this dude was acting when he met her, man. I this believe, dude, it, it, I just, and I am not, I'm not overly <laughs> impressed by people, yeah. but that but movie you, you had to, meet to her. be... That movie, no, it was the movie to me, the way it was set up. It was Black people. It oh, Exactly what you said. Your trailer reminded me of when they were sitting around at the table talking yeah. about different mm-hmm. subjects and, and, yeah. and stomping on each other, but at the same time being respectful. I hate, and I'm going to say it loud, I hate the shows that they have on now where they have the black people throwing wine bottles at each other and, and cursing at the women. Oh, the, reality, the reality shows, yeah. You, reality I shows. mean, the eyelashes I'm seeing on these women look like they got butterflies yeah. on their faces right now. But I just said, want- when you watch this, I promise you, <laughs> one, you're going to want to jump in the screen and join us for dinner. And, and two, if you're with some folks, y'all got, 
I, I've been with some folks and they continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just yeah, like, like, it's just like, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, it, two things. One, you don't have to be black to watch it. Okay. I, I, I do think that it's important that it might everybody help, watches though. it so they could get, huh? I said it might help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, 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 we need everybody to watch it, man, because I, I think people need to really learn about our pain, our triumphs, why we feel the way we feel. And what better way to get an insight on what Black people truly are going through and what they're like than to have dinner with them, right? Well, well, let me ask you this. Since you said that, uh, how was it when they, t- did anybody talk about what happened in Montgomery? When the black man threw oh, no, his head well, up we, we say, come on, February. We, we had the brothers uh, swimming that, over okay, it. That's, 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 season, two. that's, that's season, season two. That's season two. <laughs> but you're saying we should have all folding chairs around the table. Oh, my God. It just seems so. Now, let me ask you this question about, you know, getting but, a little but bit But to of your a... point, though, like we had to be careful about what we asked about. Because I, I like, for example, like that story is so crazy that people are going to be talking about that five years from now, right? So I yeah. do think in the season two, we could all reflect on what we saw and how we felt right. about it, right? Right. And that's that's the thing, like, you know, we, ha- we had to be careful about the topics because if it was too timely, it may not be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, by the time that episode comes out. So it all had to be, like, timely curated in, in which kind of like evergreen. About. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you a basketball question then. Um, you've heard James Harden speak and saying Daryl Moore is a liar. Yeah. Where where is this going? Who's who? What? Where? How yeah. is this going to end? I don't know. I don't like it on both sides. Um, you know the, the the fact that he said what he said in China is very cu- quite curious to me because I don't think a lot of people realize or remember like Daryl Moore's situation in China. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't have to go back on it, but because of what he said um, and like the Sixers games aren't shown in China. Yeah. Like any team when the Rock, when he was in, in and, the and Rockets, he was, the Rockets he games. The Rockets when he said that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or but since moving to the Sixers, like they don't show their games because of him. Right. So by making that comment so strongly about Morey, I think, and, and to make it in China, might have made him somewhat a hero there. I'm not. I'm not sure what the reaction is. I did. Someone did see hear that the people there were kind of taken aback because people don't really speak like that out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, by how he said it. But he said it there, which basically, you know, probably got him some kudos in in China. But that being said, man, like when you look at how Dame's handling versus James. Like Dame ain't like that. Dame ain't gonna Ooh. say that. You know, what I mean, we know they both want the same result, obviously with different teams. But I think after this, you know, and this is said respectfully to James, who's an amazing player. But if you're a team, regardless to what happened, regardless to what was promised, do you want him on your team when you know if things don't go his way, that could be his response, right? Is it right. is 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 his game worth the risk of him popping off if he's not happy because he's he wasn't happy in Houston he wasn't happy in Brooklyn he wasn't happy in Philly so it makes him think you're gonna be happy with me right wow right yeah it's, that's so important and it is so and, the Clippers yeah. I was basically told that the Clippers um certainly were very open minded to taking them but they're just waiting for all this the the fire to to burn and they feel like then i think if if the clippers deal gets done they'll be lucky to get terrence mann as the best player out the deal wow that's what that's a big if though mark right i mean now and now you heard what i said they'd be lucky to get terrence mann out of the deal because basically it's turned into a fire sale the one difference with dame is you're 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 you have a team in Miami that also is very professional and they're, they're going to do things quietly the right way. And Dame isn't saying nothing. Mm. He hasn't said nothing. Isn't saying nothing. So 
and when he does, I'm sure it will be in a professional manner. Um, so I, I do think that teams just, regardless to what the NBA says, is like teams respect Dame. Mm-hmm. So if that's what he wants at this stage of his career, top 75 player, I think they're going to respect that and hope he gets his way. Um, we got to remember that training camp doesn't start for, what, another month and a half. Right. So I know NBA fans, <laughs> media, we want everything to happen overnight. They got time. So all this, like, banging in the drum right now, it's it's good for us to talk about. But it don't have to happen tomorrow, man. But you know what right. I mean? Like, right. it, it happened. It, it, they got time. The first game ain't to, what, October 24 or something like that. That's not even – that's more than two months away. So Normally – when will he understand that, I guess, as you get to be an older player, obviously he has great skills, but you can't paint yourself into a corner if you are a basketball player and you start to get older and your skill set starts to erode. You yeah. ain't carrying that kind of weight the way you did yeah, five or right. six years ago to make yeah. it happen in the way you want them to happen. You know, there also becomes a point, too, where – team starts saying is he worth it for that yeah. mm-hmm. you know when you're scoring 30 points a game like i i am one of the few people that and you can make a documentary about it and this is somebody i truly love but alan iverson's grizzly days mm. how quick that ended right mm. when they decided that they wanted him to come off the bench and he wasn't happy with it um so my point is it's like you got you got to be really really careful with this stuff, man. Because once they once you hit a certain age, like Iverson was cut, yeah, and and it, it, it they get old real quick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you also got to remember how you're going to be remembered because every time you throw off these flares, that's that's a part of your like you can't write the James Harden story without writing all these things, these controversies, it's going to be on his bio. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be just For about sure. scoring. It's not, he's going to make the hall of fame, but there's going to be a contingent of people like, man, what if it was, <laughs> just, what if he just played, man? Like, <laughs> right. now, what you if don't he want just handled to, it behind the scenes? If you know? you're him, you don't want that to be the narrative, right? Like what, who's going to be the team that's going to, you know, you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you something. You see, I got this 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 San Jose State thing on, right? If you go look in the program, story written by Gary Washburn about me in the in the Hall of Fame program. The first sentence I wanted to kill Gary. He said, Mark Spears was hungry. A young Mark Spears was hungry. I'm like, Gary, what you what you what you trying to say, dog? Like why didn't you say motivated? Why you had to put hungry? Like I'm a big dude as it is, man. Why you gonna write a book, Mark You you read that and you saw Gary with a big smile on his face as he as he was typing away. (laughs) I I, I think Gary was trying to get me back, but he wrote an amazing story. But in the midst of this program, (laughs) there was an ad from San Jose State in it saying, Congratulations, Mark, for making and it was bigger than the University of Utah ad, by the way. Holly got. (laughs) University of Utah, you needed to step up and give Holly a bigger ad. Now the state stepped up and had twice as big an ad, son. Wow. Spartan. So, anyways, my point is all if you look through the program, Wade, Miami Heat, like I think the Chicago Bulls, you know, obviously Dirk, Dallas Mavericks did a big thing, Tony with Spurs. Like, who's going to put that ad for James? Yeah. Who's going to be like, He's going to get in because he cause three years after he retires. But where, like, is Houston going to retire a jersey? Right. Is OKC going to retire a jersey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, where do you lay your head when you're done, right? That's and, a great point, man. Yeah, that's a great point. Gary Payton is teamless <laughs> because he played so long. All his great years were in Seattle. He's only teamless because there's no team in Seattle, right? Right. But – when you're done and you're waiting for somebody to give you a hug and like, I always wonder why like Kareem and you said, you know, this better than me. Like what did Kareem do 
that made everybody dislike him so much that he never got any opportunities afterwards. Because when you're done, I don't care how great a player you are. If they, if people found find you to be unpleasant, they remember that when you're done playing, and they mm-hmm. they hold that against you like a scarlet letter. Yeah, am I wrong, Ted? Yeah, Kareem Kareem was so intellectually smart that people that he turned people off by by whatever it was. I remember he coached for a little while in a very small but he league. Never got to be a head coach, but he, like... but he never. Well, never really. You think about it, never was an assistant coach. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. just did. The NBA just did not care. And it's really funny you say that. I just saw Kareem at the autograph sign in Chicago probably a couple of couple of weeks ago. But you're, you're right. At the end of the day, when you think about who you are and what you've done in this league, I think that, you know, you're all, you're, we're all proud to be in the league and the great accomplishments that he had. But sometimes you just piss people off. You just, you just, you just don't – people just – Kareem never wanted people to like him. And I think that's the biggest thing. He wanted to be respected, and he was. Because he just wanted to go about it and do it his way and play basketball. Do you think it cost him millions? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Magic's magic's making a mint. Oh, the personality. Well, I mean, you think think about something. Can you you overstay your welcome? Is that what you're trying to say? Would 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 Larry Bird be making more money right now if he had magic? If he wanted to. Huh? He has personality. He just don't. No, care. Well, he doesn't. It, he it doesn't to. come. It doesn't come out like that. Yeah. Larry is. I talked. Well, to I know, and you know. Oh, well, obviously, you know. But I've been privy to spending some time with him off the court. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite people, but he's fresh lick. He hiding. He done. <laughs> like he, he got money. <laughs> he good. Right. Right. Yeah. He's not gonna jump in front of a camera. Like if somebody so said to me, point. like. What NBA player, former player, would you love to go to dinner with? Larry Bird might be number one on that list. Really? Yeah. I I mean, Jordan Jordan would be number one. You know what? You know what would be on my list? I think Larry would be like a two hour dinner with Larry with some wine would be amazing. Well, you're going to have to drink beer, first of all, bro. You ain't yeah, drinking right. wine, all right? right. (laughs) To me, it would be be Kareem Abdul Jabbar because I idolized him. When I was yeah. in, in college, my yeah. number 33, I wore in honor of him. Now, the thing that was so funny about that is when, you know, I finally met him and played against him. I always told people he did something to me. He ran down the court and for no reason, he elbowed me. And I always told people, I said, it didn't hurt me, but it hurt my damn feelings, though. Yeah. I was like, my favorite dude, yeah, <laughs> my yeah. favorite player just elbowed. But you know what it made me think, though? It also made me think exactly what you said. I made a difference in the game. So he was pissed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. a, a nobody. He doesn't yeah, do anything. He's trying to test you. But you know, I, like I, unfortunately, respectfully to the great Bill Russell, like I've even been at a dinner table with him and he had no interest in talking to me. I, you know, mm. I've been at events with Kareem and he doesn't say a whole lot. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like, I would have an I I I interviewed Larry in India. I've had a beer with him in Sweden in the in the ice bar during the European Championships. Wow! Like he he he, the little bit of time I was in the league when he was uh, GM with uh, the Pacers, he always was great. Wow! So I I, yeah. I say that because I feel like the conversation would be amazing. Like I don't. I don't want to go to dinner with somebody, no matter how big they are, if they ain't going to say nothing, you know what I right, mean? They're, they're, right. Or if they're not, they don't care about me as a person. But, but you know, you, you say that, and this is and, respectful. And they don't have to. They but, you know, this is, this is respectful to Larry. Yeah. I would dare say, out of his teammates, the guys that I played with, uh, uh, DJ, myself. God rest DJ. Uh, so. none, none, none of us really really had a i remember having one dinner with larry Larry, that's it but but that but that was it because we didn't become close robert wasn't close to him uh you know kevin was i don't even think kevin was close to him to have a have a dinner and i'm not saying he want to have dinner with me because i think if i went to dinner with him i'd get him to talk 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, you know, that being said, I, I, uh, I, that PR guy who is a wonderful man who passed away, I uh, once asked him about connecting with, uh, asked Larry about connecting with him. He's like, yeah, reach out to him. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it, the great Tommy Shepard told me once, he said, if you're waiting for an NBA player to give you a hug, you're wasting your time. <laughs> I like that. But Max gives me hugs. That's right. That's right. I, went, I, I mean, guess, it's, I guess it's just, a while. So tell us right now what you heard about uh, Porzingis. Uh, you know, is this a is this yeah. a foot injury? Because you talk about seven-footers. When they hurt they, their feet, a lot of times that's the beginning of the end. Yeah. A certainly scary injury, um, but that's one that with rest, he should be fine. And okay. I actually, I'm going to err on the positive side because the fact that he decided not to play with his team, again, I mean, we're still two months away from camp, right? I think it, it sounds to me that it's important for him to do well with Boston to make sure he's okay with Boston. Well, I think he, I think he wants to form a legacy, yeah. and his legacy right now is incomplete. Yeah. You think about him being in New York. I think this is his he, last he, chance. Yeah, Th- this is it. Yeah, this, this is, is his last this chance. Is, and yeah, the challenge, the hill that he has to climb is Marcus Smart is gone, mm. and he he was beloved on and off the court. He was beloved, so I think that trade and y'all y'all closer to it than me. It still stings still confusing to probably folks but i mean this dude is a special talent and uh if he is a healthy third score he's a heck of a third score boy that's a problem if that's your third well, guy they're saying they're saying right and now every championship team has that third guy that's a problem well yeah. Paul, they, ray yeah. kg right yeah. yeah they were a problem warriors right KD, Clay, Steph, problem. It's a twenty-plus point score. Yeah, I mean that's that's the significance of it for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I mean they need yeah. they need. It's a gamble. Will it work? Only heaven knows, right? We'll see. But yeah, I mean, I think anything injury-wise with him, especially Max, you know how these seven footers are, man, seven three. Um, but he probably knows that he better come to camp ready because that if you don't come to that place ready, they will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Ain't no place better to watch a basketball game than Boston. You know, Mike, ain't I wanted no to ask you. Ain't no place better to be, maybe New York, but ain't too many places in any sports as good to be a star than Boston. There's yeah, not many, much better like atmosphere to be in than the Garden. Right, exactly. But I was gonna say. if you messing up, they're going to let you know. Right, <laughs> you know, they're gonna let you know. I don't care if his jersey is green and white, if he's trash, they're gonna throw him out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, that's he, true. Got more, he played in what he did play in New York, but Mello was there, he was young, so he didn't get the same pressures. Right, went to Dallas, didn't work, went to Washington. Eh. Boston is, is at this stage of his career, is the greatest animal he will face, and mm-hmm. let's see if he tames it. You know, Mark, earlier you talked about legacies. I just wanted to get this question in real quick before I forget it, because when it rains, it pours in Philly, right? With the whole James Harden, what he had to say out in China and everything, it obviously got fans concerned. But now you fast forward, I think it was about 24 hours after that report, after that video surfaced online, uh, Joel Embiid scrubbed anything that had anything to do, I mean, scrubbed everything that had anything to do with the Philadelphia 76ers out of his uh, Twitter Twitter, uh, bio. And, of course, fans are are worried about this. Could this be that – a type of uh, uh, mark on James Harden's, you know, career. If, if that were to happen, if a year from now, or even sometime at this season, Joel well, he B scrubbed Sixers stuff or Harden stuff off. What's that? He scrubbed Sixers stuff off or Harden stuff off. Sixers stuff off. Yeah. So now people who are who we paying enough right? time to pay attention to who follow who and Sixer fans, yeah, man. Yeah, like he, he don't wild. follow Sixers no more. Like who? Who has time? Said who has time for that? Yo, could Joel Embiid actually run out of Philly because of this whole thing? Do you see that happening? 
that that they're a mess, man. I don't know. I just know that they're on. You got to talk about this with the with the interview he did about a month ago, a few weeks ago, saying that he just wants to win a championship. He doesn't care where it's at. So obviously, Philly fans didn't like that, you know, as well. Wow. Hey, man. I don't, I don't know what to say about them. And and meanwhile, Boston's just laughing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it's Lakers first on the hate list. Boston, and then number two is Sixers. Am I correct? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. so you guys are enjoying that whole. You, you know that said. You ever seen the meme where the dude he's swinging, and there's a big house fire behind him, but he's still on the swing. <laughs> he's just swinging. chilling. Yeah, yeah. That's Celtics fans right now. Like the Sixers are burning behind them. They fire Doc. <laughs> um, you know they 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 James Harden thing and. Just sell well. fans just swinging away. <laughs> <laughs> they can't wait for the season to start, of course. They're like, burn, burn, burn. Well, well, well right. man, we, we ain't going to hold you. I just want to ask one last question about you the Hall of Fame. You go ahead and ask your last question. What was your, which one was your favorite speech, man? I know there's a lot of guys out there. Obviously, you oh, mentioned Wade. Wade. Sorry, Jack Tony Wade. Parker. Tony's my guy, too. But Wade was – Tony? You know, you know why? Because – a lot yeah, of times standing we, there. We, we don't see a we don't see black men in positive lights. And he started his speech with his dad. He ended with his dad, and he walked off the stage with his father. And that, that was, was beautiful for too, me man. to see. And that I did. Favorite. And I took one, took some pictures, but I still have the picture of him and his father. You know, and it made me think of my father who couldn't be there. And I just, you know, I just think. There's so many black men that get, unfortunately, a, a horrible rap about fatherhood and stuff like that, that we need more positive images like that. When I go to the draft every year, most of these black players in a predominantly black draft and a predominantly black league, when they are selected, their dad is there. Yeah, yeah. It's this ain't, their dad is there. Their dad is involved. Their dad's educated. So the narrative of us being like just these wild dudes out there with all these, no, this, that was, that was one of the most beautiful moments I ever seen. Yeah. Maybe the best moment, most memorable moment to me in, in all the hall of fame speeches. Especially the way he ended it, man. Like pops, we made it, we made the hall of fame. And of course yeah. he is, he's also the Dwayne way. So it's just it was it was a it was a great way to just finish off that speech, man. I thought he did a tremendous job. That's my answer too. I just want to talk about that real quick. The Conversations <laughs> Project, August twenty-eight. Go ahead, Max. I was gonna say, go ahead, Max. Conversations Project, August twenty-eight. On August twenty-eight, episodes come out. Two days later, we're gonna have a special uh, season wrap-up episode, and also for the Celtics fans listening to this internationally, it's gonna be on Disney Plus. Oh, there mm. you go. So check yeah, it out. Can't miss it. Well, thank you, man. We, we appreciate your time, bro, and coming on with us. And uh, again, nothing but great success. As me and Joe Sway like to say, we're going to keep it on the hundred. You're one of our favorite uh, uh, interviews. So, man, keep keep doing what you're doing, bro. Y'all family, man. You know how we do. Much love. Absolutely. All right, bro. Appreciate Take you, Mark. Care. Take care, bro.